Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nania. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. Joined, as always, by the man who this show is named for because he's always got those really good numbers, the nerdy stuff that only he can dig up, Mr. Michael Nania. What's going on, Michael? Uh, Not too much. Great to be back again and ready to talk some more numbers. Absolutely. By the way, should note that in long form, you can find a lot of this stuff when Michael writes his columns at Gangrene Nation and also here on the Chronicles of Nania. So let's start with some more free agent targets because we touched on a bunch of them last week. Got two of them here. Let's start at running back. We talked wide receiver last week, but we didn't talk about any running backs. We're going to talk about Le'Veon Bell in an entire show coming up in a week or two. But before we get to that, let's talk about the guy who many consider the second best running back option on the free agent market, and that's Tevin Coleman of the Atlanta Falcons. What do you have on him? Yeah, so Tevin Coleman is a really interesting fallback option. Right now, his spot track market value is only $5 million per year. So you're talking about maybe a third, at least at most, half the price of what Le'Veon Bell is probably going to cost. So it'll definitely be a huge discount as a fallback option compared to Bell. But definitely, obviously, compared to Bell, a guy who is averaging the most scrimmage yards per game ever among any any player ever, Le'Veon Bell currently is averaging the most scrimmage yards per game. So no one really compares to him. But Coleman does definitely bring ability as a receiver to the table. That's pretty much that's been his primary strength so far with the Falcons. He's been one of the best receiving backs in the league. He's second in receiving touchdowns since 2016, uh, 16th in receiving yards, his yards per reception average. 11 yards per catch at running back is absolutely insane. That's second among the 68 running backs with at least 50 targets since 2016, and he's third in yards per target. And also his passer rating when targeted is really good as well. He's led all running backs in that two out of the past three years. So he's a great receiver. They split him out wide. He'll go downfield and make catches. He makes plays after the catch. So he's basically going to be your third receiving option uh, if you sign him. He hasn't had a huge volume of targets over there, but I think a team that signs him probably is going to be picking him up. Not so much to be to try and make him their feature back because he does get stuffed a lot. He has been stuffed a lot. 
for the Falcons and his ability as a runner has been criticized a lot. Uh, he hasn't really been very good in power situations. He has a way below average conversion rate in power situations. I believe he's about 59% converting on third and fourth and short compared to a league average of about 71%. So as a runner, he hasn't been that strong. He's basically a rich man's Elijah McGuire. He's a really good receiver, uh, better than McGuire, but like I said, a rich man's version. So he's a really good receiver. He's got good size to be a receiver. He's a 6'1", 210 guy. So I think the team who picks him up probably isn't looking for him to be their feature back to try and see what he can do in a more featured role. I think a team that signs him is basically, like I said, going to be trying to make him a third receiver and a secondary back. So I think if you sign him, you probably got to go get a more downhill guy to play next to him, a guy who could convert in power situations, a guy who could get you three, four yards on first down. But as a receiver, I do think he's really, really exciting uh, in that area. So if the Jets were to sign him, I do think they'd probably have to draft, maybe draft a compliment or sign a veteran guy who they could probably rely on uh, to carry some of the load in the run game. But he's definitely a really exciting chess piece in this NFL where you're always trying to look for mismatches. Let's talk about another chess piece and one that could help open up some holes for Tevin Coleman and also get him a little extra time if you were to catch some passes. And that's Roger Saffold, the offensive guard from the Los Angeles Rams. He's a free agent, although there is some talk that he may end up signing with the Rams before the free agency period comes up. However, at this point, he is scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent. Could be an intriguing target for the Jets who need help on the offensive line. What do you have on Roger Saffold? Yeah, so if Saffold does become available, I definitely think the Jets have got to be heavily in on him because it's rare for a really good uh, starting offensive lineman to hit the market. There will be plenty of starters out there, but for a guy as uh, acclaimed as Saffold is, he was the ninth-ranked guard at Pro Football Focus this year. Uh, last year, he was top ten as well. So a guy, as like I said, as acclaimed as Saffold is, a guy that has good reputation as he has, is really rare to hit the market. He is going to be 31 years old, so that's definitely a question mark, but it could drop his price down a lot. Uh, 30-plus-year-old guards have not really made that much money over the past few years uh, compared to some of the top guards in the market who are under 30. So if you could maybe get that discount because of his age, that would be a plus, but even if the Jets do have to overpay for him, you're talking about a guy who, over the, this past year, when the Rams ran to the left side, they were first in first downs and second in yards per carry, so they ran his way a lot, and like I said, he's 31 years old, but if you watch him block in the run game, he doesn't look like he's 31. This guy can really get on the move in the inside zone, outside zone. The Rams ran a ton of zone runs in their offense the past couple of years. So Roger Saffold is a really big part of Todd Gurley taking a big step, up, uh, big step up these past few years. And it was one of the best players on one of the best offenses, if not the best offense, in the league over the past couple of years. So the age is a question mark, but you're talking about a guy who has been one of the best guards in the league without question over the past couple of years. And you do have to question whether or not he could succeed somewhere else because he didn't really take the step up until Sean McVay came in. Uh, they hired a new offensive line coach last season. So, And they also signed Andrew Whitworth to play next to him, a guy who's a multi-time all-pro at left tackle. So the age is a question mark. He's had injury questions in the past, though he has been healthy the past three seasons. But in the middle of his career, in the early portion of his career, he did have injury questions. So, he does have an injury history, age is a question, and you have to wonder if he could thrive somewhere else at this point in his career outside of that Rams system. But this is still a guy who's a top-ten guard over the past couple seasons just from watching him play, from the production that the Rams have had rushing in his direction, his pass protection. He's, a com he's been the complete package, so 
if he does become available, I think the Jets should be in on him heavily, but definitely there are some question marks uh, with some of the things I just mentioned. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Michael, we know the Jets are going to be in the market for a running back and for an offensive lineman, maybe several offensive linemen. They may also be in the market for wide receivers, and I would refer you to last week's episode where we talked about most of the top free agent wide receivers in the 2019 class. But one thing that we didn't talk about as far as wide receivers go are the guys that the Jets already have, Quincy Inunua and Robbie Anderson. You've got some very interesting nuggets about both of them. So let's start with Quincy. Some very eye-opening yards after the catch numbers that you uncovered here. Yeah, definitely. So the questions with Inunua, everybody knows what the main criticisms are. The injuries, he obviously missed all 2017 and this past season, 2018, he missed a few games and completely fell off of a cliff production-wise after the beginning of the season. So we know what the questions are with him. Obviously, he only has five touchdowns in five seasons, which isn't ideal for a guy who they just paid $8 million per year. But you know what he brings to the table. He's an athletic freak, and you see it when he has the ball in his hand. So Lula was third among wide receivers in yards after catch per reception in 2018 with 7.7, and he was eighth in his last healthy season in 2016 with 6.2. So he's one of only five wide receivers with at least 60 targets per season. To appear in the top 10 of yards after catch per reception twice in the past three seasons. And the other ones are Tyra Hill, Golden Tate, Tyra Williams, maybe a future bet that we discussed last week, and Randall Cobb. So pretty good company for a new law there, and it's definitely an exclusive club. So his yards after catch ability has got to be one of the top things that the Jets were looking at when they re-signed him for that deal because it is a special ability that he has. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to put the ball in the end zone more and open up his game a little bit even though he was misused a little bit this season. Definitely some, a lot of questions to that that he has to answer going forward to live up to this deal. But one thing you know he's going to do is he's going to make plays with the ball in his hands. Let's talk a little bit about Robbie Anderson because he was the other main weapon in the receiving game for Sam Darnold last year. And it really picked up for him once Sam Darnold's play picked up towards the end of the season. I want to talk to you about both of them because I think going forward, you're going to need to see some collaboration between them at a high level if the Jets are going to succeed. And you have some very interesting numbers here on Robbie Anderson that coincide with some great numbers that PFF dug up on Sam Darnold's last four games. So let's start with Robbie Anderson and then lead into Sam Darnold because I think it intertwines considering that we're talking about the last four games of the season for both of the two guys. What do you have on Robbie Anderson? Yeah, so Robbie, you look at his numbers over the course of the season, and with the way he did pick up at the end of the season, they came pretty close to his 2017 numbers, but he definitely fell a little bit short where he was last season, and he started the season slow, and he had a couple fumbles early in the season, so I think a lot of fans turned on him, but ultimately I feel like his 2018 was basically the same uh, in terms of his own performance compared to 2017, and I really think Darnold was just really gun-shy in the beginning of the season. He didn't see Anderson when he's open and beating corners deep in the beginning of the year. But after Donald came back from injury, and like you'll get into with what you're going to bring up next, Donald played really well at the end of the year. Uh, once Donald came back, those two really got a connection going. So 
Anderson's numbers over the final four games of the season, 23 catches, 336 yards, three touchdowns, and Darnold had a 112.8 passer rating when targeting him. And only two other receivers in the league over that final four-week span posted those numbers, and they were DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones. So great company for Anderson, and you go back to what he did in 2017, if you take out his numbers at the end of the 2017 season when he's playing with the absolutely terrible Bryce Petty, uh, he was in company like that throughout the first three quarters of the season uh, when Josh McCown was healthy last season. So Anderson, the talent's there, and I really think that, obviously, off the field, there are questions. Hopefully, uh, he can continue to do a good job with that, which he did throughout most of the 2018 season. So if the Jets do keep him, hopefully they do, because I think he is a very good player. Uh, he definitely built a really good rapport with Donald towards the end of the season, and this is one of the best deep threats in the league, and he's continued to prove that year after year. He's got... He's had two 40-plus-yard touchdowns in each of the past three seasons. Uh, his total six 40-plus-yard touchdowns is top six in the league. He's consistently near the top in uh, deep catches, yards for reception. He, uh, he's a good player, and he definitely developed a really good report Donald towards the end of the year. So hopefully the Jets do keep him because he's got, he got a really good connection going at the end of the season. Let's lead into the Sam Darnold stats because I know they're technically not your stats. They're from PFF, but I thought we could discuss them anyway because they relate so much to what you just talked about with Robbie Anderson. So if you could unpack what PFF had on Sam Darnold's last four games of the season after he returned from his injury. Yeah, so they tweeted out that Sam Darnold was their highest-rated quarterback over that final four-week span, and even if grades are something that I'm definitely skeptical of, they definitely... Uh, had some conclusions that I don't agree with, like saying Muhammad Wilkerson was good in 2017 or Brian Winters was the best lineman on the Jets this year. A lot of nonsense, but it is good to get a, a perspective that does go outside the box score and kind of look at things that but the box score doesn't catch, maybe interceptions that weren't their fault or good passes that were dropped, things like that that the statute don't catch, uh, doesn't catch. So he was the high, their high-straight quarterback over the final four weeks, and I, I think it's really good uh, to see that because – the fact that he missed those, Donald missed those three games and that four week span, uh, including the bye week, and then came directly back from that, and from that point on, uh, had his great stretch. I think it's really good the fact that you're able to separate because of the injury and really, uh, be able to see that final stretch and compare it to this, uh, first half of the season because of those missed games. And instead of just maybe he had a couple hot games here and there in the middle of the season, he finished strong after coming back from the injury. So it was two directly separate uh, stretches there from the beginning to the end. So it's definitely really promising to see him come straight back from the injury and play those three really great games against Buffalo and especially against Houston and Green Bay. Unquestionably, whatever optimism Jets fans have right now is predominantly fueled by the stuff you were just talking about with Sam Darnold being so good the last month of the season and really starting to look like that quarterback that everybody expected him to be when he was drafted at number three overall. But the other shining light for the Jets, and in fact for more than just a month for the entire season, was Jamal Adams. And you dug up some very interesting numbers on him that really put in perspective how good he was all season. What do you have on Jamal? Yeah, so the, the main reason I thought he took that huge step towards being a good player as a rookie, an impressive rookie to a, a superstar, no question about it, this season was the way he progressed in the past game. And in coverage, he's great all year. We saw, saw it time and time again, but... What I dug up on him is that he made a ton of really clutch plays in the passing game on third down. So he stopped, he made 13 stops on third down on passing plays in the 2018 season. He made eight tackles short of the sticks, had three pass deflections, 
and two sacks. And that total 13 was the most in the league among safeties. And it doesn't even take into account all the other times that he had great coverage and force and incompletion. So he was a force both. He was a pretty good run defender in his rookie season, but the past games definitely were the question marks were, but he was really close for most of the time in that rookie season. He was either a beat late or a beat too early, but he definitely made up that inch this season. And he was everywhere this season, both the run and the pass game. So some people might still point to the interception box. He had none as a rookie. I'm pretty sure he only had that one against Detroit this season, but you can clearly see if you just look beyond the interceptions, he's making plays everywhere in both the run and pass game. And this was a really good way to illustrate it, making more stops on third down in the pass game than any other safety in the league. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. The Jets picked Jamal Adams sixth overall, and the joke was that when the Jets are sitting at number six overall, the best player in the draft falls to them. That was the thought when Leonard Williams slipped to them at number six in the 2015 draft. Not entirely sure that it ended up that way, that he was the best player in the draft, but certainly that was what a lot of people felt at the time. Leonard Williams now going into the fifth year of his tenure here with the Jets, the fifth year of his NFL career, and the Jets are eventually going to have to make a big decision on him. It looks like they're going to keep him at least for now. They're not going to trade him. A lot of people thought that they were going to, but the Jets coming out and more or less saying that Leonard will be here in 2019. Fans are starting to go at each other now as far as how good or bad Leonard Williams is. There's been debate as to whether or not Leonard Williams has become an overrated player. You've got some thoughts on this, Michael. What do you think? Yeah, so I think that there was a point in time maybe before this season or halfway through this 2018 season that Leonard Williams was an overrated player. He was, you know, like you said, the Jets picked him at six. A lot of people pegged him as the best player in the draft and a steal at that slot. And, you know, he did have a good rookie season. And in 2016, he did bust out a little bit. But I do think that there was a point in time in which fans did think he was an elite player, uh, maybe a top five interior defensive tackle. But when, when he really wasn't, but I think that this past season in which you saw him get ejected from the game against Green Bay, he had long stretches of games without a sack, without even a tackle. He had a bunch of games in which he was completely uh, not present on the stat sheet. So he had a lot of uh, really quiet games this season. Uh, the ejection against Green Bay, he had some questionable quotes that he made in the media. So I think he definitely turned a lot of people this season, but which is good because I think, like I said, he was overrated. And fans definitely were brought down to earth a little bit regarding Williams. But I think that they turned a little bit too much this season because I think now we're at a point where people see Williams as replaceable and just this completely backup level player who the Jets should just get rid of at all costs. And I think that's a little bit too much of a term. He definitely was disappointing this season, and he hasn't been the player that the Jets thought they were getting at that slot in number six. But he's still a good player, and he's playing in a scheme, a 3-4 scheme, where he's playing – uh, he has no talent around him on the edge, and here we are making excuses for him, but which we shouldn't be doing. But bottom line is he's not playing a position where he's going to put up a lot of stats, and he is drawing a pretty decent amount of attention compared to other players in the league. So I do think that people turned on turned on him a little bit too much, and he's a little bit underappreciated now because he's not a bum. He's not completely replaceable. He's a good player. 
he's definitely a top half player at his position, probably top quarter player at his position. So one of the arguments that people do make for Williams a lot is the double teams argument. That, uh, they'll bring up that he's double teams every play, and that's the reason he can't put up any production. So about halfway through the season, I decided to go back and look at how often he's been doubled, and it, he's not doubled as much as some people claim to think. The most times he got doubled in the game in the first half of the season was nine times, or 24% of his pass rushes against Cleveland, and the fewest times he got doubled was three times for 8% of his rushes against the Colts. So on average, he got doubled on his pass rushes about seven times a game, six, seven times a game, or about 16, 17% of his pass rushes. So it doesn't happen as often as you would think. He does not get doubled half the time or every single snap, but that is a relatively high number because uh, I saw a stat posted out there that listed the most, most doubled uh, players in the league on pass rushes and Leonard Williams, 17% would, it, the stat that I saw listed the top 10 players, I believe, and the 10th ranked player is about 20%. So you would assume that, uh, Williams at 17% probably would put him top 15 in the league, which is, which is impressive. And it does help guys like Henry Anderson put up a lot of cleanup sacks. So no, Leonard Williams does not get doubled every play, but yes, he does get doubled at a pretty decent rate that puts him near the top of the league and does help the team. So, I do fall in the middle on the Williams debate. Yes, I think he was overrated. He's not the best player at his position. He's not top five. And he definitely could stand to do more, but he's also not completely replaceable. He is a good player. Bill Simmons has a theory about some players that he calls the underrated, overrated, underrated, overrated loop. So in other words, a guy could start out as underrated, then people jump on the bandwagon, he becomes overrated, and then he could become underrated again because then people start saying that he's overrated, and it kind of flips like that. I feel that way with Leonard Williams, where I think at first he was overrated just because of how high he was picked and people were seeing things that weren't really there. Then people jumped on the overrated bandwagon, and now he's become underrated again would you agree with that yeah it's, it's crazy when you look at it that way because I, I actually tweeted out a bunch of polls the other uh couple weeks ago where i was asking every single player in the jets were they overrated underrated and it's tough because like if everyone's saying a player's overrated then maybe he's actually underrated because all these people aren't actually seeing him for what he is so it, it's tough to judge whether a player is really overrated or underrated because you know like i said if everyone thinks the guy is underrated Maybe he's overrated because too many people think he's underrated. So, yeah, it, it is pretty crazy to try and judge players like that. But Leonard Williams is definitely a victim of that. He came in with really high expectations. He played well. He has played well throughout all four seasons, but not as well as people wanted him to. So now he's been really downplayed a lot, and now people think he's underrated because he's been dropped down too much because he fell short of expectations. So, it, that's just fandom in a, in a nutshell there. Expectations are all over the place, and people are going to have strong reactions to it. Yeah, he's a good to very good player who at first people were treating like he was an elite player, and now people seem to be treating like he's complete trash. So it's kind of gone completely flipped, and I think he's somewhere in the middle of what a lot of people think that he is. There is a middle ground. It doesn't have to be that he's either great or he's the worst player ever. Michael, we know that especially on social media, it doesn't seem like anybody wants to stake out that middle ground, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Nobody wants to be there, I think. I, I, yeah, definitely. There's two ways. Leonard Williams is either, either the worst player ever or he's the best player ever. So those are your two choices right there. He's not allowed to be okay. He's not allowed to be good. He's not allowed to be below average. He's not allowed to be pretty good. None of those options. He's either the worst or the best. So those are your choices right there. Pick one. 
You heard the man. Those are your choices. Is Leonard Williams the worst player in the history of the NFL, or is he headed for the Hall of Fame? There is no middle ground on this. <laughs> Michael Nania of Gangrene Nation, and of course, right here at TurnOnTheJets.com. He hosts this show with me every week, The Chronicles of Nanny, and he also does a lot of great writing over at Gangrene Nation. So if you're not following him on Twitter, if you're not reading his work, you should be. Michael, for those that aren't, please let them know how they can. Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at Michael underscore Nania. That's N-A-N-I-A. And like Scott said, most of my writing is at gangrenation.com. So, yeah, it should be an exciting offseason and excited to come back next week and talk about some more free agents and nonsensical Twitter takes. Looking forward to it, Michael, and I'm really licking my chops getting ready for Le'Veon Bell Week, which we're going to be doing in a couple of weeks, and I know that we're going to do an entire episode together just completely dissecting all the numbers and not just the stuff that you see all over the place on Twitter and in articles at big publications. We're talking about the Michael Nanny special, all the stuff that's underneath the hood, in the cracks and crevices. We are going to get it all for you on Le'Veon Bell in a couple of weeks. So it is going to be a lot of fun as we get closer to free agency and as we approach the draft. Michael, thanks again, and thank you for listening. For all the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and information, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.